We're the Valentins. And we are passionate about people. Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection. But that's not always what comes easiest. We know this because of our wide range of personal experience as well as our years of working with people. So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health. Oh, hey, welcome back to Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valentins, you guys. This is episode two, and we are thrilled to be with you today. Um, Just really excited and glad you've tuned in. Uh, We're Jason and Lauren Valentin. We're your hosts. Jason and I are both uh, leaders and pastors at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Jason is a pastoral counselor and teacher leader of men. Um, We've got kids and a family, and I'm a... Uh, communications major. I am passionate about people, but really, truly, we started this podcast because um, we needed tools in our tool belt to do what we do with our own marriage, our own family, our friendships. Uh, We walk people through the messes of life, and we've realized, you know what, that everybody can thrive in relationship of every kind is something that people need to know about. Yeah, that's and true. And people have questions. How do we raise our kids? How do we have healthy, thriving marriages? What does it mean to date well? Uh, we are going to unpack all of that. But today, what we're doing in episode two, we are starting a four-week foundation series. So we are going to be talking about the foundations of relational health. We, um, you know, these are the elements of these are the cornerstones really of everything that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about topics of interest, but when we're talking about how to raise your teenage son, these things, these foundations have to be in shore. So, or in place, um, you got to shore up these foundations in order to have a shot right at relational health. So we're going to take the next four weeks and unpack it. Um, today we're going to be talking about your normal. We're also going to cover self-awareness. We're going to talk about needs. We're going to talk about communication. So there's a lot of things to look forward to. But today specifically, we're talking about your normal. And when we talk about your normal, we're saying, where did you come from? Mm -hmm. You're a person. You're an individual. Where did you come from? And how did you get that list of presets that you might not even know you have? But newsflash, we all have a list of presets. We come preset a certain way for relationship. And that is what we're going to refer to as your normal. And we are excited to unpack that today because of how much it impacts relationships across the board. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I think most people don't even realize that they have a normal. Don't. I, oh, yeah. Don't it's understand. very subconscious. Yeah. That, oh, my gosh, I have a normal and my normal is wildly different than your normal. And so right away, just that idea, right? Like you grew up in a home that had a culture in that, and that culture produced for you a preset of this is what life is like. This is what life's supposed to be like. Uh, Psychologists say that by the time a child hits adolescence, so, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, they already know who they are in this world, how valuable they are, how important they are, that's already been formed for them. It's been, um, it was supposed to be like the first inheritance Mm -hmm. from 
parents to children is right when a child is young, like we have little babies, our our little our littlest is ten months old. Um, for him, we are building this foundation of emotional health, self esteem, uh, nurture. We're building healthy bonds with him, and that will become his normal, right? Yeah. But the challenge becomes when that wasn't gifted to you like that. When if so, you know, so many people are struggling today simply because mom didn't pay attention to them Mm -hmm. or dad didn't know how to regulate his own emotions. Therefore, he exploded on everyone around him. Or, you know, mom and dad had a very chaotic relationship. Therefore, they didn't have the emotional energy to pour into us. And so, what message does that send you? Yeah. When you are really young. And it's very subconscious. Oh my gosh. Because here's the thing. I remember, I mean, I can't help but think about the time that I moved away to college. You know, I was 18 years old. I moved out of my parents' house. I moved into the dorm. I shared a dorm room (laughs) with a friend. And that is a shocking, that is a shocking season of recognizing that you have a normal that was not everyone else's normal. so true. And so sometimes that happens for people earlier in life. Sometimes that happens for people like for me at 18 years old, I moved out for the first time, but every mo every person will have that moment where you come to the realization, oh, hang on, wait a second. Your mom let you eat cereal sometimes for dinner because we were never allowed to eat cereal for yeah. dinner or, you know, I mean, that's making light of it, but truly like you've said, oh, wait a second. I went home with my, you know, friend from college to her family's house. And spent the weekend with her and realized, oh my goodness, there's an entire community of people that do things very differently than I'm used to. And here we are. And what I think is really interesting, but also incredibly important for us to understand as humans is that you might be that 18 year old or 25, 35, 55 years old, recognizing, wow, it happened for me so differently. Mm -hmm. My parents were so different. My dad didn't honor his emotions whatsoever. You can recognize it in your older years. You can see it plainly. You could describe what your normal was as a kid. But unless you proactively own your normal and then build a new pathway, you will repeat whatever it was that was modeled to you, whether you liked it or not. And so I think that's the value in understanding this topic is the value in understanding how this works in the psyche of a human and what the implications are on us as people is going, whether you really like how you grew up or not, you have to know and then chart a new path or you'll, you'll recreate it. Yeah. So for, for guys that I'm discipling, um, one of the specific things that we do in our, so we have, um, a, 12-month discipleship course. In Mm -hmm. phase two, it's the sexuality slash relationships course. Mm -hmm. And what we have every man do is go back and he maps out his his life story, his highs, his lows, Mm -hmm. what happened to him, um, and really take a look at how did my parents talk to me? How special did I feel? What were the events that happened in my life that were really highs. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Like maybe you won the world series in your, um, ping pong tournament. Yeah. Or <laughs> world series for little league, right? Baseball. Yeah. 
or maybe maybe you never got picked first ever mm-hmm. in your life and that's the theme of your life mm-hmm. is no one really wants you mm-hmm. because what i find is so much of our acting out our pain points in life have come out of how you view yourself have come yeah. out of whatever your normal was for you and as an adult i know that it could feel like we're kind of kicking a dead horse but i super want to emphasize this a lot as an adult you we're kind of built to to feel like man my life is the way that it is because of all the decisions that i've made mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true so i say this a lot to people uh, when i'm speaking where you're at today you know if you're 18 to 35 40 45 years old where you're at today how you see the world whether you feel special whether you feel powerful, confident, most of that isn't your fault. True. Most of it's not your fault. And all that to say, because when you were young, the whole job of your parents was to pour in identity, right? Was to pour in this thing that says you're special, you're important, you can do it. A man has inside of him this question, this massive question. It says, Does it, do I have what it takes? Mm-hmm. And a woman has inside of her this question that, am I worthy to be pursued? Well, that was supposed to be answered a million different times while you're growing up. Yeah. And if you don't get those questions answered, like if you don't get paid attention to, if you don't get nourished and cherished and loved, mm-hmm. you will, it begin. it starts this pain journey in your life this unconscious, subconscious uh, journey of pain in your yeah. life that you have to medicate. And that's what people don't understand is when when you are in emotional uh, or mental pain. So psychologists say emotional uh, isolation or psych, uh, psychological isolation, being alone inside of yourself uh-huh. is more damaging than smoking 11 cigarettes a day. Wow. Like physically. To your health. Yes. To your physical health. It is more damaging. And, and we don't even understand like how incredibly impactful our childhood, our early upbringing was. Mm -hmm. And because from there, right, all the decisions in our life that we make uh, mostly come out of how I saw myself and especially growing up. So, you know, if you bullied other kids, you didn't just have this great idea like, oh, I'm going to go, I just think I'm going to go pick on people. That's fun. Mm -hmm. that's coming out of this major pain journey, right? Mm -hmm. And if you were a womanizer, well, you didn't just think like, you know, it'd be so fun. It'd be so fun just to go out and and sleep with a bunch of women. Or if you were in relationships as a woman with men that wasn't super healthy, you weren't like, this is what I really want. Right. I really want to be in volatile relationships. And yet we carry so much shame and so much pain around the decisions that we made, not realizing that most of those, most of all those decisions that you're making has come out of your lack of being cared for. Your it's lack a preset. Of, yes. Yeah. And so I like to tell people it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Absolutely. And that responsibility part is, is what we're doing today. It's, it's in going back and saying, listen, don't ignore your presets. Don't ignore those painful points because that's 
those are showing up in your life today. Yeah. Those are showing up in the areas of your life that, uh, why do you overeat today? Well, mm-hmm. probably because you didn't learn how to cope with your emotions. Yeah. You didn't learn how to regulate your emotions healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably something you've been doing for a long time. Yeah. Or why do you yell and scream in, in a home? Well, what did you learn a long time ago? And it's, again, not to say it's everyone else's fault, but it is to give you a place of real understanding. Because if you don't understand your story, mm-hmm. no one else does. Totally. And it's going to be impossible to change, right? Like what we misdiagnose, yeah. we mistreat every single time. Yeah. I just had this thought, like people might be wondering, you know, how do I actually identify, how do I identify what normals I even have that might mm. be different to other people's or ones that I should even want to pay attention to? And one of the things that I think is helpful is, hey, listen, you don't got to go digging stuff up and mm-hmm. trying to, it's not like some impossible code to crack, no. but look at the areas of your life where you feel like there's pattern. You mm-hmm. know, look at the areas of your life where you have felt stuck in certain patterns over and over and over again. You know, you mentioned overeating, uh, you mentioned, you know, yelling, yelling at the kids. Like, why can't I, gosh, I don't even like myself when I yell at the kids, but mm-hmm. I can't not yell at the kids or I don't like myself when I overeat, but I can't not overeat. Like there's definitely. It's the places of like shame, pain, yeah. regret, right? Pain, shame, and regret. Those places where, or maybe you even get better at something. Maybe there's an addiction. Okay. There's an addiction. I've, I get better for a season, but then I go around the mountain again. And here I am dealing with that same thing mm-hmm. over and over. So pay attention to the cycles, the patterns in your life, good or bad. Likely those are coming from some presets. Likely, you know, good habits and bad habits, they're coming from somewhere. So those would be a good place to pay attention to, right? Yeah. And I mean, literally sitting down with a pen and paper, Mm -hmm. take 15 minutes today Mm -hmm. and journal it out. Mm -hmm. What was your life like? I am shocked at how many people don't really know what their life was like. They've never actually sat down and went, what was the core message my parents sent me? Yeah. What was the core message that I learned from my friendships? Mm -hmm. What was the core message I learned from... Uh, my trial, like trying things, mm-hmm. um, in in those again, be they develop your your view of yourself and your view of the world and how powerful you're going to be and and how cared for you are and and so you know I th- a lot of people don't like to look at that stuff because there's a bunch of pain wrapped up in it mm-hmm. and we can feel really powerless, right? It gets easy to feel really powerless. Like, okay, great. Now I just found out that my core message, my parents sent me was, uh, I don't, I'm not worthy of their time. Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy of their effort and energy. Um, and now what do I do with that? Well, yeah. now you have a really great starting point to go, okay, my parents didn't do this great, which by the way, n- Every parent's going to have a place where they don't do something great. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we'll we're talk human. about this a lot. Totally. <laughs> but there's areas that I have regret mm-hmm. that I wish I could change with my kids. Mm-hmm. And and I know you have regret in different mm-hmm. areas that you wish that you could change. Um, but what that helps me do now is to go, okay, now that I've learned this piece, like I was never, I never felt worthy of love. Oh, my gosh. My parents didn't actually spend time with it. They didn't never come to my games, something small like that. Right. Which is huge. Now I can begin to go, how do I repair this area of my life? Mm-hmm. Because here, here's one thing that, that I want to say about trauma and it could be a little 
little trauma or big trauma, right? Um, a big trauma would be, uh, I got in a car accident and oh my gosh, it was like so traumatizing. A little trauma could be like, um, a guy turned me down and I felt really embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So the thing about trauma is trauma doesn't go away just because you get older. Like you, you don't outgrow trauma. What happens is that five-year-old or six-year-old or seven, wherever you got traumatized, let's say that you were molested at eight years old. Mm -hmm. Well, that trauma, that, that eight-year-old girl, she is probably running a department of your life. And that department, that department is how safe are men? Mm -hmm. Or let's say that you have trauma around, uh, your relationship with your dad, let's say your dad was, was a yeller. Let's say he took out his anger on you. Well, that 11 or 10 or nine year old boy, he is running this department of your life on how, how much you can trust father figures, leaders, especially men. And the problem is, is you get to be an adult, right? I'm 42 years old and I've got, I feel like a 12 year old in this area. Why do I feel like a 12 year old? Mm -hmm. Or why do I have this irrational fear, irrational anger, or I just, uh, I feel like I have to protect myself all the time around women or all the time around. It's because that boy or that girl, whoever you are, they need that trauma reconciled. Yeah. They, you have to go back there and reconcile that area of your life, which is not crazy. This isn't like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? It's like, no, you go back and uh, a couple different tools. Is it okay if I give a couple tools oh, for yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing that I really like to do is uh, if I'm doing like a, a group, let's say there's 15 people in the room, I'll just have them all close their eyes and go back to their first childhood memory of when they made a mistake, mm. when they messed up. And because we can all remember that. Now, it's a guarantee it's not the first time, but it's the first time that you can remember it. Sure. And you go back there and you begin to ask the, so I'm 42. So I, I my first childhood memory of when I made a mistake, I'm three years old. Mm. And at least in my mind, I'm three. That's how old sure. I feel. So the 42-year-old, I look at that three-year-old and I remember I'm riding my tricycle mm-hmm. outside on the gravel and I have just my socks on and my mom's mad. Oh, yeah. And when I look at that three-year-old boy, it's funny, I get emotional every time I do this. Hmm. Uh, I have so much compassion and so much love for him. And I like that little boy just needs me to play with him. And, mm-hmm. and that little boy deserves love. He deserves care. He deserves my time. And so as I do this with people, what happens is people will, will get like, um, they'll get into a different space. Maybe, uh, maybe it's when their dad was yelling at them. Well, you can go in as the older version. So the 42 year old, I can go into the 12 year old Jason and actually meet him right there. Where right, he's and at. we're not talking about anything like super crazy or out no. of the box. I mean, we're not talking about going into anything or channeling anything weird. <laughs> we're talking about like imagine. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine. sit there and imagine. Yeah. And because here's the thing that that 12 year old, he needs to be able to say, I hate my dad. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. I feel angry. 
And as the 42 year old, I can actually love on that boy. I can care for him. The Holy Spirit can even come into that place. Jesus can even be introduced into that place. And what happens is you will, you can go in and meet that need that that child had and, and begin to grow yourself up from it's that It's a process spot. of reconciling yeah. your past. Yes. You can, as an adult, intentionally go yes. into the, into your heart, soul space and reconcile those parts. hundred percent. But it has to be done with intentionality. It doesn't just happen by accident. Yeah. Writing your story out, do the same thing. Yeah. Right. Writing your story out. So yeah. a lot of this is just processing. Can totally. you process through and, and say out loud the story that you're telling yourself? Right. So today we're specifically, you know, we've just kind of dived, dived into the depths of, yeah. you know, some emotional health topics and trauma is a huge, huge topic in and of itself. Um, but we're talking about it in the context of your normal, yeah. right? So foundation of relational health, knowing what your set of presets was, is, and then taking a look at how they're impacting your relationships mm-hmm. is a really critical part of, you know, walking into a place where you feel like you're thriving relationally. I mean, they're, they could be these big trauma spots in your past that need reconciling because you just happen to keep blowing up every really every yep. every dating relationship you blow it up you yep. sabotage it that 12 year old's running it that 12 year old is running the show but it's other things too right i mean there's a lot of things that impact your ability to thrive in relationship i think specifically back to um that season of my life where i went off to college and you know i grew up in a home where Mom and dad loved each other. I have two younger brothers. You know, my parents are still married today. Um, but there were some spots in my family that were like, okay, if there's an argument, it's going to be about one of three things. <laughs> which which three things? Babe? Primarily finances. Yeah. Finances was a huge conflict. I watched my parents conflict over finances mm-hmm. growing up, right? That's normal. That's if you yep. look at marriage you know, marriage statistics, anybody that's going to tell you about marriage, they're going to list for you. What are the few, very most common areas of conflict? Finances is at the top of the list. So this is not even exposing. This is just like normal. Well, I went off to college and um, my personality is, I'm like the mom of the group. It doesn't matter where I go, right? It doesn't matter. I'm laughing already. I know. It doesn't matter what group of people I find myself in. I just find myself into this little like over-responsible mom in whatever situation I'm in. So of course, you know, 18 year old, 19 year old Lauren is in this, uh, house of girl, you know, where I'm living with my best friends. There's four of us in the house. And these are all like very mature, very talented, very smart women. So it's not like I'm the mom because everybody else is just a total rug rat. I'm, I just like to be in control. Let's just say that. I like to be in control. So, of course, the utilities are in my name. So the girls pay me every month, right? And then I pay the utilities bill or whatever. Well, I very specifically remember one day we're in my, I'm in my apartment. My best friend, Summer, is with me and it's like bill, bill pay day. And I am preset to have an attitude on bill pay day, right? It's the only thing I've ever known. Bill pay day comes around. Lauren's frustrated. Nobody's doing anything right. Ugh, oh my gosh. She's late giving me her money, of course. 
oh boy, the, you know, water bill is through the roof. Who's been taking a bath too long? It's just like, I am preset to be moody on bill pay day. So I'm like collecting the money from the girls. I'm like angry cleaning, probably in the kitchen. You're reenacting your mom. Oh, oh no. I am fully acting out what I watched happen at home. And I remember Summer, my best friend saying, can I talk to you for a minute? And honestly, this takes a lot for her because she's like not confrontational. <laughs> I'm not even summer. calling her out. I, this is literally, like, she's the most peaceful, gracious person I have, have in my life. She's like, Lauren, can we talk for a second? We go in my bedroom. She sits me down and she basically said something to the, this is how I remember it. She said, you are miserable to talk to about money. We hate talking to you about money. And it was this huge moment for me where I realized, I don't even want to be this way. Why am I even grumpy about this? This is not a big deal. My best friend is telling me that she hates experiencing this part of me. And it's truly because I have got a preset. I was taught a certain way and I hadn't figured out how to change it yet. So of course, I'm bringing my normal to the table. And it was one of those moments where I went, Okay, this is really impactful. I have to figure out how to change this about me because it's impacting my friendships. It's impacting the people around me and I don't I don't want it to. So imagine, I mean, this is like my best friend. We're 19 years old. The stakes are low. But imagine what happens when you try to date somebody and you're bringing your normals to the table and you're discovering your differences for the first time. Or man, you're in your first year of marriage and you are realizing... Now, first year Whoa. of marriage, normals collide hardcore. Right? Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of days where we would sit and I would usually cry and we would talk about our differences and what was normal to Jason and what was normal to me. and Like why we take the trash out. Oh, that's a good one. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Tell him. Um, I may not get it 100% right, but <laughs> I remember you asking me like, hey, babe, can you take the trash out? And I was like, yeah, I'll take the trash out. I mean, I, like I this is you. a multi-times a week yeah. conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, like, please yeah. take the trash out. Please, could yeah, you yeah. please take the trash out? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I am I love you. I'll take the trash out. And you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I don't want you to take the trash out because you love me. I want you to take the trash out because it's the responsible thing to do. Totally. And I know what you guys are thinking. You're listening and you're going, it is the responsible thing to do. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> and I'm going like, no. No, that's not why I take the trash out. Like I take the trash out because I love you. Mm -hmm. That's a huge, that's a huge one. I guarantee every single person has a list in their mind of what equals responsible. Yeah. Yet shocking to discover that your spouse does not share the same list of what it means to be responsible. So you think you're going about life doing the quote adult thing to do and your spouse is over there making a monkey mess of something and you think it's because they're irresponsible. Yeah. And then you just find out, oh my goodness, they had a completely different set of presets coming into this relationship. Their definition of responsibility isn't even the same as mine and that doesn't make them wrong. No, it's true. You know, uh, when we first got married, uh, one of the things that I struggled with a lot was finding the needs that the house has and participating and helping in those. Yeah. Specifically, I could walk into the house and not realize that you've decorated for Christmas. That is true. He wouldn't even realize that I've rearranged the entire living room. No. 
Good thing he's not blind. Well, I mean, maybe I am. He's like the least perceptive person when it comes to house that type of thing. Yeah, I walk in the house th- in, uh, thinking of so many different things besides what what are my surroundings. Right. And so I would we'd have this perpetual argument mm-hmm. constantly around, hey, can you help me pick up? Hey, why aren't you participating? Hey, why I've, did you just walk over that pile of clothes on the floor? I why did you just leave that pan on the stove for five days? Yeah, I could literally step over it. Or I, and that was just my normal. I, our house was not a mess growing up. It's just how I'm wired mm-hmm. specifically. And man, that just used to fire you up so much. Well, I'd much. say too, you grew up in a home you know, it was, it was a bit more of like a conventional type of home where the men did the outside work and the women did the inside work. So you grew up not having to pay attention really to what was happening inside. Yeah, it's true. And my mom, you know, my mom would clean up after dinner and she would cook dinner. And so it wasn't like this and not that we would all just be like so lazy, but it wasn't this huge, like, yeah. Hey, this is what we do. These are our patterns yeah. and our habits and our, yeah. our normals. And so yeah. what I ended up having to do, right. Because eventually I was like, golly. Well, of course, because conversely, I grew up in a home where my parents did a lot of cooking together and there was a lot of team in the kitchen and in the home. And so I, and that's, I watched my parents love each other that way. So that's my normal for what does it mean to be in a loving marriage? You're in a loving marriage when you, when you work as a team. Well, literally. your mom is also at level 100 God level at recognizing Tidiness. when anything is out of place. <laughs> that's true. She's kind of a wizard like that. It's insane. <laughs> she will see. Mom, I love you. Yeah. She will see any, any picture Turn. Oh, if anything's out of order, anything. she notices it. Yeah, it's, she has a radar. Oh my God, it. it's crazy. It is. So what gift. I had to do is I started to realize like, man, this is a real pain point. Like this is affecting my sex life with you. Yeah, I have to address this. It's affecting everything. Yeah. So I set an alarm on the on my phone that said, it went off at uh, 4.45 every day. And it said, the house has needs. And I got into the habit. I did that. I left it there for a year. Mm-hmm. And I got into the habit of like, when I get home, I need to think about the different needs and, and what it is that I need to contribute. And that, that was one way that I began to build that habit and and address, you know, that pain point in my life. Yeah. It's wild how you can, you know, when you're married, let's say, I mean, we talked about being friends in college, like that's pretty low stakes, being married, higher stakes for sure. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that you can kind of shrug off when you're married before you have kids. Oh, it's so true. But whoa, when you have kids, your your normal it's big time. is not something that you can often shrug off because you know, as a parent, you're looking at this little person and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I've been entrusted to raise this life. I am responsible to raise this human into a functioning member of society. That's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're wired like somebody like me, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. (laughs) There's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. I am comforted in life when there's a right way and a wrong way. I like for there to be a right way Mm -hmm. and a wrong way because my personality, I'm a six on the Enneagram. If anybody knows Enneagram, um, I like to know the rules. 
I like to know where the safety measures are. I like to know, I like for things to be predictable. Mm -hmm. So I'm comfortable when there's a right and a wrong. Well, your rights and your wrongs are often just stemming from your presets. It's often just a, a, a way that you have assimilated life inside of you. You've sorted it out somehow. And because of your normal, whatever that preset is, you're wired to respond certain ways or other ways when your kids are doing X, Y, or Z, or when your spouse is or isn't up in the night helping you with the baby who's crying or, you know, so when you've got kids, that's where the stakes really, I feel like get high to, uh, for understanding your normal. I think so too. Part of it is, I mean, in my mind, like there's so many more agitation trigger points that, you know, it's easy to hide your normal in Hawaii. Totally. When you're on vacation, hanging out, everyone's having fun. You're like, nah, my, my life chill. is easy. Yeah. But golly, when your daughter's losing her mind because you're trying to get her dra- her shirt on. Yeah. And she doesn't like how the sleeves feel. And you yeah. change that shirt three times. Yeah. And then you just want to throw yourself out the window. Mm-hmm. Like you're so frustrated and angry. Mm-hmm. How... Your normal there is going to come out big time. Oh, yeah. How your parents talk to you or Absolutely. you see yourself going like, wow, I'm doing what my what I saw my parents totally. do. I thought I would never do this. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. I remember when we were early married, um, you know, we had the three kids. I, I'm a stepmom of three all the, overnight. And we're also, you know, in that season of figuring out how to be married together. And I very clearly remember having getting into an argument together. Like we're in an argument over something and my, you know, the more disconnected I feel, the more frustrated I feel, the, the less I feel like you're hearing me, my voice just gets louder Mm -hmm. and louder and louder and louder and louder until finally, I remember you actually saying to me, Hey, I can't hear you when you're screaming. (laughs) And of course I wanted to punch you in the face, but you realize in those moments, like, Oh my gosh, I, Totally. When you're passionate about something, you raise your voice. When you're angry about something. When you're angry about something, you raise your voice. That's what you do. That's how you communicate. I'm serious. I don't actually know. And this is where your normal comes in. My normal is I don't actually know how to tell you I'm serious without raising my voice. Yeah. That's what I That was a big one for us. It definitely was a big one for us. Our normals there were so different. Yeah. I did never saw my parents argue. I, well, I should say this. I saw my I saw my parents like get in a a heated argument one time. Which I think one it's, time. A, it's important to say this is not about right, wrong, good or bad. No, I'm not I don't think that that was a great thing. Right. So we're we're not even I mean, yeah, maybe maybe my goal is to scream a little less than was modeled to me. Not that my parents were screamers, but in a, in a heated argument, raising your voice was no thing. I didn't even feel offended by that. My parents didn't even feel hurt by raised voices. It's just a raised voice is appropriate in conflict in my home. That was true for me. And yeah. in your family, you never even really saw your parents in conflict, which no. could also be hard. Yeah. And let's just be super clear. Raising your voice is is not very effective. It's true. And n- neither is... Um, not being able to do conflict either. So Absolutely. And my parents did conflict, but my mom was a very low needs person. And 
And so whatever, for whatever reason, they just didn't. But regardless, we're bringing those two sets of presets to the table big time. And that clashes like we're in a marriage. We're raising three kids. We're trying to blend a family. Yeah. And we, we go at conflict very differently. Yeah. And so we had to, I mean, we, we really had to face that. Yeah. Which was awesome and pretty hard. Totally. And I mean, we still face that truly like that's still you yelling. Not so much, no. but facing our differences for sure. Yeah, it's true. I would say, um, you know, relationship of any sort, but marriage in particular family, you know, raising family, there's endless opportunities to confront, to confront your normal. And I do think that it's helpful. I want to, I want to mention for people listening, there is a tool that we've come across in our years of helping people. We used to teach the pre-marriage class at our church and, um, we utilize the tool from a company called prepare Enrich. You can, you could check them out online if you want to. Um, they run like a pre-marriage assessment. And when you take this pre-marriage assessment as a couple, you get these results back and it kind of helps show you what your strong suits are and where's your growth areas and whatever, kind of what to expect. But one of the things that we love that they draw out for you, they articulate for each couple that takes this assessment is what they call the family map. Mm -hmm. And it shows you on a grid, there's like a a square, right? In four quadrants and it's called your family map. And it shows you where in these different quadrants do you land as it pertains to how you grew up. So there is a scale on one axis and another axis. Let's just say the X axis is closeness, connectedness, and then the Y axis would be like flexibility. So in the first quadrant, kind of in your closest connection wise and your most flexible quadrant, if your parents were super connected and super flexible, you would be in this for in this one quadrant. And that's kind of, we would kind of say like, like that's like a hippie, like hippies. a hippie. Yeah. Super connected as a family, but really flexible too. Like anything kind of goes uh, run around the woods naked all day. That's yeah. fine. Then there's a different quadrant where you're close, very close knit, but very rigid or inflexible mm. in your way of life. And that would be kind of like, like you'd think about the mafia, right? Yeah. Like we're close, we're family. Nothing comes between us but we're rigid. There's yeah. a right way, a wrong way. Don't you step outside of the line, yeah. the mafia. There's another quadrant where, you know, connection wasn't there, but there's tons of flexibility. Mm. And that's kind of where, I mean, that's like neglect, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We do not have, um, we do not have any connection, but there is a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Nothing's rigid. Yeah, do Anything whatever you goes, want. Do whatever you want. That's neglect. And then, of course, we're not close and there's rigidity. That's like, wow. I mean, I don't know. You're growing up in some sort of like cult, cult, slave situation. Who knows? Like, there's yeah. just the 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 yeah, lack really of would, connection. It would be like slavery. Yeah, right? the lack of connection and the absolute inflexibility. You're not connected, and there's so much rigidity. So, those are the extremes. Those are the four corner extremes. Everybody's gonna land somewhere, and probably health lies somewhere in the middle but if you're if you're if you're edging wherever whatever your normal was wherever you land with how you grew up on that map it's very interesting to plot the map for each person in the mm-hmm. relationship so in a friendship in a dating relationship in a marriage 
see where you are visually, like how different did you grow up in these kind of quadrants? And then if health is in the middle, then where do you, where do you aim yourselves at becoming more similar? So, okay, to find more common ground, I'm going to up my flexibility, mm-hmm. but decrease my, you know, my overconnection yeah. or whatever, vice versa. Not that you actually even have to make a journey one way or another, but just to see visually where it is that you plot out is yeah, helpful. Because what happens is as soon as you get under pressure, you revert back to That's how it. you grew up. That's so it. that's the challenge, right? If you grew up in a disconnected, um, anything goes family, then as soon as you feel a lot of pressure, you want to back Bail. away and run. Yeah. Well, that's what you grew up with. Yeah. If you grew up in a home where you were uh, connected and rigid, it's like as soon as you feel a lot of pressure. Control. Mm-hmm, tons of control. Yep. And that's going to rear its its ugly head. So. It is cool to sit down again in the map, mm-hmm. map out what was your life like, what happened, maybe what do some highs and lows or whatever, mm-hmm. what was your family map, what are your normals, and then for those married couples, ha- have your spouse map theirs out and start the conversation of wh- who are we, like what what makes us unique individually, and then what are our kind of pain points, uh, you know, areas of concern that we need to, to address and, yeah. and look at. And when you own your own, like when, when you come and Lauren goes, man, in conversation, if I feel really uh, passionate or afraid or worried, I could, I could be tempted to yell, to raise my voice. And I could say like, oh man, when I get overwhelmed, I could shut down. Mm-hmm. Like I could just like, go into myself and that's something I need to work on. Yeah. So powerful when we begin to map out our normal because this is a foundation for your entire life. How you see yourself, how confident, how competent, you know, uh how good you feel about where you're at in life, your decision making ability, all that stuff is coming from your normal and really really feeling powerful to map this out to begin to, to change some, some pain points and feel more powerful and equipped the massive. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's your normal, right? There's more to say about that, but as a part of our foundation series, that's just an overview of what are we talking about when we talk about somebody's normal, yeah. what they're bringing to the table of relationship. Hey guys, we're thankful for you to listen to this. And if you liked it, please like it and share it. Get the word out. Help spread the word about Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valentins. We're so glad that you were with us today. We want to just remind you, you can always leave comments. You can connect with us on social media. You can visit jasonbraveco.org. You You can can email us. Subscribe as well. Yeah, subscribe to this podcast, of course. Um, Email us at datesmatesandbabies at gmail.com if you have questions or Uh, If you want to tell us what it is that you'd like to hear about, uh, who we should interview, what you want to hear about next, go for it. We're in the middle of this um, foundation series, though, so we're excited next week to talk to you uh, about self-awareness. Oh, baby. So stay tuned. Thanks, guys. guys. Have a good one. Bye.